Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Welcome to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, thankful to be together. Thankful to sing your praise, Lord, and to hear your word. Lord, we ask that you quiet our hearts this morning as we listen intently for what you have for us. May we respond in the way that you would have us to respond. May we hear the words, Lord, that you would have us to hear. Encourage our hearts, challenge us, that we might move from one place to another. In your name we pray. Amen. This passage this morning is from uh, Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to bet... I don't have to bet money because I'm sure you've heard of it, so... You've heard about it, so I want to encourage you as we, as I read this morning, uh, eight one through fifteen, to listen for something new, something different, something maybe that you haven't heard or paid attention to uh, in prior uh, readings. Luke chapter eight. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some, some women who were there had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. After, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, of kingdom of God, has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that through seeing, though seeing they may not see, though, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but have no root. They believe for a while, but in time, in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, 
and by preserving, produce a crop. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. You heard a good sermon today. Uh, Pastor Dan read it straight from the mouth of Jesus, and uh, Jesus also gave the application to that sermon. Uh, we've heard a good sermon through the uh, little illustration at the beginning, the PowerPoint uh, that was on the screen there for a few moments, and we heard a good sermon from the uh, music that we've heard. So you can all get up and go home now. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. Uh, rather than running out the door and going home, uh, Jesus' sermon had four points. Uh, I'm going to go off in a different direction to use uh, an illustration from uh, my experience uh, uh, growing things, limited though it be. Uh, Jesus had four points, I've got eight, so there you go. <laughs> he, he knew how to do things a little better than, than most of us, I'm sure. Most of us know something about planting a garden and growing things. We've had a potted plant in our house, perhaps, or a, a window box or a flower garden outside. Or maybe you've had a large garden where you've produced lots of the things that you eat at home and preserve. Or if you're a farmer, you may have acres and acres of uh, crops that you've planted and learned uh, how that all happens uh, by experience. Years ago, 20-some years ago, when when Don and I bought a house from my mother and dad after my mother had passed away, uh, my dad continued to live there, and so he says, well, let's plant a garden. And Don and I were only uh, there maybe once a week or uh, sometimes only a couple times a month, but he said, sure, I'll take care of it when you're not here. So we went out to plant a garden, and the first thing we had to do was prepare the soil. Now, that was pretty easy in some places, but quite difficult in others because uh, we picked a place where it hadn't had a garden for quite some time, and so there uh, was a good bit of work to preparing the soil. It was something that it took quite a bit of determination to get the ground prepared, and uh, by the time that we got it all done, I was really low on desire to continue this, uh, this project, but uh, nonetheless, we plowed on and followed Dad's instructions. And when I thought about that, we also think in the same way that we prepare our hearts. Uh, we prepare our hearts, as Jesus said, the seed is God's word. We prepare our hearts to receive that seed through a strong desire to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Without that desire to hear God's word, uh, we're not going to receive much from the seed that is planted in our hearts. And that's true whether we're preparing our own hearts to receive the seed of God's word or whether we're helping other people to prepare their hearts to receive God's word. And so the, the gardening begins uh, with a desire and with a preparation of our hearts for the Lord's word to us. Next then, we know that Dad and I had to decide what to plant. We had to decide when we were going to plant it and how we were going to plant it. Uh, what to plant was always the same thing. It seemed beans and peas and corn and tomatoes. That seemed to be the, the things that uh, Dad always liked to plant. How we plant them, though, is quite different. You plant uh, uh, the, the beans and the peas and the corn maybe an inch deep, but like, for example, tomato plants, you can plant them pretty much any depth you want as long as you don't cover up the leaves in the top. They'll just make more roots up and down the stem. 
And so also when to plant, uh, you, you plant those peas early in the year because they don't bother with the frost uh, much. And, uh, but you have to plant those tomato plants after the danger of frost has passed, like it says on the instructions. Jesus said the seed is God's word and we need to plant it in the hearts of other people. It's good seed. Uh, there isn't any question about what kind of seed needs to be planted there. The world's trying to plant all kinds of seed in people's hearts, and it's difficult for us to try to get people to plant, to receive the seed of God's word rather than the seed of the world around them. And so just like planting the garden seed, you have to plant that seed at the right time and in the right place in order for it to grow. <clears throat> Each of us, I believe, is given a gift the scripture tells us in many different passages, three or four passages, Ephesians 4 comes to mind, or Romans 12, about the gifts that we are given. And each of us are given gifts, and according to the gifts that God has given to us, according to that, we can plant seed in our own hearts, or we can surely plant the seed of God's word into the hearts of other people. So according to the gift that we are given, we exercise the gift to plant the seed of God's word into the hearts and lives of people that need to receive that word. And we, again, make sure we're planting it at the right time. We just don't grab somebody and start yelling at them about Jesus, or we don't uh, insist that they do something this way or that way, but rather we allow uh, the preparation that God has done in their heart through the Holy Spirit to receive that seed at the right time and in the right place so that it will grow and uh, mature into a lifelong commitment to Jesus. And then third, I was told that nurturing the roots of the plant is really the most important part of, of growing. And we nurture those roots by giving them fertilizer and making sure that they're getting, getting enough water. And we make sure that those roots are strong because the strength of the root, the root is the foundation of the plant, and the strength of the root then uh, also prepares the rest of the plant to grow strong and to produce the fruit uh, that God's created it to produce. As Christians, we should be sure that the seed we plant in our own hearts is fertilized, fertilized with prayer, fertilized with worship, fertilized with discipleship, with fellowship with other Christian uh, people. Uh, we need to make sure that that seed is growing uh, because it's been nurtured in the right way <clears throat> and that the root of that plant, uh, God's word that is planted into our heart, is strong enough that it will endure whatever uh, problems may come in that life. And then we know Jesus said that he was the living water. Jesus is the water that uh, helps that root to grow. It's needed for all of us, no matter what maturity level we may be, but especially young uh, Christians need the living water of Jesus to pre prevent them from becoming st stunted in their growth uh, as uh, Christians and to prevent uh, spiritual disease. Without the right nutrients, plants sometimes will turn yellow or brown or some other color because they're not getting the right nutrients. And, and you and I as Christians, if we're not being careful to fertilize our lives with God's word and with prayer and meditation, uh, then we'll be uh, also uh, liable to get spiritual diseases and, uh, and the, the spiritual life, the Christian life, will be stunted for us. 
Dad and I also found that the hardest part of uh, creating a garden or keeping a garden was the weeds. Uh, it seems like weeds are just perennial problems, aren't they? Interesting thing about weeds is sometimes the weeds look an awful lot like the plants, and you don't know which, is, which are the plants and which are the weeds. Uh, Don and I have uh, that problem with the flower garden that your former pastor and his wife planted in front of the parsonage. There's all kinds of stuff growing up there, and, I, and several months ago we were saying, I wonder which are the weeds and which are the, <laughs> which are the flowers, and we didn't have a clue. And uh, I could have swore some of the things that I thought were the weeds, they've turned out to be the most beautiful flowers in, in the place. So, so uh, we've just left the garden, and <laughs> weeds and all, it's, it's growing over there. So if any of you know anything of the difference between weeds and, and flowers, you can come over and take care of that. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're just going to let it grow. And uh, we, have lots of, uh, we have lots of pretty flowers amongst the weeds that are, <laughs> weeds that are growing there. But uh, anyhow, um, <clears throat> the hardest part may be to know the difference between the weeds and the, and, the, and the flowers that will produce the fruit. Christians have to be gentle, though, if we, we are going to weed things. If we're going to weed things out of a garden, we have to be gentle uh, that we don't pull up the plants. In fact, Jesus gave another parable in um, Matthew. Let's see if I can find that. It's called the parable of the weeds. It says, uh, he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus said, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is saying... Sometimes we just have to let the weeds grow like Dawn and I are doing in that flower garden because if, uh, if we don't, we'll, we'll root up the good with the, with the bad. And that's the, the thing about when we uh, look around and begin to judge one another in our Christian lives, we might say, hey, that guy's got some weeds in his life. I need to help him get that weed out of there. And we may do more harm than good trying to root the weeds out of someone else's life. It's God who does the convicting. It's the Holy Spirit who should be working in people's lives. The scripture tells us that. And he will help to weed out those things that uh, shouldn't be in someone's life. Jesus taught that in that parable of the weeds. <clears throat> he said that in the end times, it will be up to God to separate the weeds from the good plants. And so we have to be rather gentle in our weeding and do more praying than anything else when we see the weeds of God's word, uh, choking out God's word in other people's lives. I think the main reason that most of us like to uh, enjoy gardening is, is that uh, it's out in God's beautiful creation. If, uh, if you were a gardener of mushrooms, you may not enjoy things quite as much. In uh, Worthington, Pennsylvania, They've got giant limestone mines, 
and they grow tons and tons of, of, of mushrooms underground and, and pitch blackness, you know. I mean, it's just dark in there. And uh, so it uh, wouldn't be much fun growing mushrooms. I don't think I'll be a mushroom farmer. But because uh, we get to plant our gardens outside and enjoy the beauty of God's creation around us, uh, that's much of the motivation for many of us to get out and plant those flower gardens and plant the vegetable gardens that we enjoy. Each season has its own reason to enjoy it. And when we go out and share God's creation, we see in the, sum in the summertime, we see that growth of God's creation, such as we've been seeing recently. We've seen springtime when the rebirth of, of God's creation around us in a planting time. And then we also see the fall when it's harvest. The major thing is harvesting. And in the winter is a time of rest. And just like there's different seasons to the world around us, there are different seasons in our life when God works in different ways. There might be a planting season in our life when God is working to nurture us along, and there might be a time of, of uh, growth whenever we're really seeing how God is working in our life and in the life of other people. So we have to enjoy each season as God gives it to us. And God will take care of us in each one of those seasons of our lives. Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. And another parable, and um, well, really a, a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells us about being worried and, and the problem with that. Let me just read that to you. Matthew chapter 6, 25, in following... Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not the life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is saying here, nothing to worry about. And that's a whole lot easier to read out of the Bible than it is to practice in our life, isn't it? All of us uh, have that same problem, some of us to a greater extent than others. And yet we can trust God is going to care for us like he does the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And then as gardening, we also, gardeners, we also like to pass on uh, the fruit of our labors to other people. One of the fun things uh, 
that uh, my dad liked to do was to get together stuff and, and put it in a basket and take it to some of his elderly relatives because they weren't able to have gardens any longer. And so he would take them things and uh, pass on the beauty and the bounty of the garden that he grew. Many of the churches that we've served over the years have had gardeners that have uh, given us stuff. Why We've had uh, bushels of peas given to us, and we wondered, how were we ever going to use all these peas? <laughs> or whatever it might be. And uh, the generosity of gardeners is uh, well known uh, near and far. God wants us to be generous, certainly with the bounty of our gardens, of our physical lives, but God more importantly, wants us to be generous with the bounty of our spiritual lives, to pass on the blessings that we receive from other people. That's one of the joyful parts of worship when we pass the microphones around and we hear people give uh, testimony and thanksgiving of the bounty of their lives, what God has done and blessed them uh, during the previous week. God wants us to pass on those spiritual blessings and in the passing on of those blessings, we are encouraging other people in their Christian lives. One of the nice things about gardening and fruit production uh, is the peace also that comes when you go outside and just work with your hands, get your hands dirty, and uh, put away the troubles and the worries of whatever might be pressing on you from work or your family or your community. God brings peace into our hearts as we allow him to nurture us in, in our lives, as we allow the Holy Spirit to nurture the seed of God's Word into a, a blooming plant, a fruitful plant that will bring honor and glory to Him. Also, a side benefit of God's nurturing is the peace that He brings to us. So Christians need to share that peaceful harvest with one another and celebrate uh, what God has done for them. And then Dad said he always looked forward to the next year when he was gardening. We would be out uh, pruning the apple trees or whatever it was that we were working on, and he'd say, well, you know, if I were to plant another tree, I think I would have done this, or I, I would have planted this variety instead of that variety. I'd have planted a dwarf one instead of a semi-dwarf one or whatever it was. Uh, he was always thinking about next year, and what will I do differently? How will I improve uh, what I've already done? Christians can do that as well. We can look forward to new blessings and new challenges that the Lord might bring to us. As our lives unfold, we don't know, obviously, what uh, may be around the corner next month or next year, but we know that Jesus will be with us, that he's planted his word in our heart, and he's not going to abandon us, but he's going to help us to enjoy the season of life and to help us through the challenges that life may bring to us. And we can, like the gardener, look forward to the way we can improve uh, our opportunities for witness or improve our opportunities to serve other people. Christians can look ahead to new blessings and new challenges that the Lord may yet bring in the days or the years ahead. And since we are Christians, we have the promise of not only abundant life now, but we have the promise of eternal life in heaven. And so we uh, know that the Lord uh, is going to give us many, many <laughs> um, 
eons and eons of time to enjoy the gardens and the, the, the seed of his word in our life. Eternal life and a new heaven and a new earth won't be just sitting around on a cloud strumming a, uh, a harp, uh, but a new heaven and a new earth, I think, will bring us challenges just as this life is. And perhaps there will be a flower garden that I'll, I'll be able to tell the difference between the weeds <laughs> and the flowers. And, uh, and my garden, flower garden, will look much better. And then finally, Dad taught me to be an optimist uh, when it comes to gardening. Because there's no guarantee of the harvest, you may as well be optimistic about what's going to happen. We're going to have a good harvest and uh, look forward in the positive way. And then, if, you know, if this year doesn't work out, there's always what? And there's always next year, so you can plan another year. The Christian should be an optimist too, for we know that God can redeem all of our mistakes. If we've planted the wrong thing in our life so far, we can uh, go back and uh, replant, allow God to plant the seed of his word in our hearts instead of the seeds of the, that the world may have sown into our hearts. We can be an optimist because God can redeem all of our mistakes and our sins and give us another chance to be fruitful, to be forgiven, and to give him the glory for a life that he has allowed us to live as a Christian. Perhaps you need to have another chance in your life. Perhaps you need to be forgiven of your past sin. Perhaps you need to take a step of faith and to say, Jesus, I haven't planted the seed of your word in my life as well as I should have. Or maybe if you're already in that situation, you've got God's seed planted in your life and it's growing well, maybe you need to say, Lord, forgive me, I haven't planted the seed of your word into other people's lives. I've not helped to prepare other people to receive your seed and by faith accept Jesus. Whichever the case might be, this morning's a good time to do that. Uh, we've talked about it many times before, and it's something that we can all do in prayer. God always gives us uh, an, an opportunity to redeem ourselves through prayer and through asking him to forgive us of our sins. Shall we pray? Lord, we're thankful today for these illustrations that you gave in your word about gardening. And we know that your word is much more true and clear and faithful and helpful than even the words that I can speak or any of us can think. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would take your word and plant it into our heart and help us to grow and mature so that we can be fully developed disciples of Jesus, uh, bearing fruit and bringing honor and glory to you. And Lord, today there might be one here who needs to uh, look at their life and to uh, determine to allow you to plant the seed of your word into their life so that they can become a Christian. We pray, Lord, that in this moments that they might pray and ask Jesus to forgive them and come and live in their life and give them life abundant and life eternal. And help us, Lord, who are Christians, that we might uh, determine to be optimistic, to be preparing the soil of our lives to receive your word and to be ready for a harvest that you will bring into our lives. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.